Act Four of Measure for Measure by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One The Moated Grange at St. Luke's. Enter Mariana and a boy. Boy sings. Take, oh, take those lips away that so sweetly were forsworn, and those eyes, the break of day, lights that do mislead the morn. But my kisses bring again, bring again, seals of love, but sealed in vain, sealed in vain. Break off thy song, and haste thee quick away. Here comes a man of comfort, whose advice hath often stilled my brawling discontent. Exit, boy. Enter Duke Vincentio, disguised as before. I cry you mercy, sir, and well could wish you had not found me here so musical. Let me excuse me, and believe me so, my mirth it much displeased, but pleased my woe. Tis good, though music oft hath such a charm to make bad good and good provoke to harm. I pray you, tell me, hath anybody inquired for me here to-day? Much upon this time have I promised here to meet. You have not been inquired after. I have sat here all day. Enter Isabella. I do constantly believe you. The time is come, even now. I shall crave your forbearance a little. Maybe I will call upon you anon for some advantage to yourself. I am always bound to you. Exit. Very well met and welcome. What is the news from this good deputy? He hath a garden circumured with brick whose western side is with a vineyard backed, and to that vineyard is a planched gate, that makes his opening with this bigger key. This other doth command a little door which from the vineyard to the garden leads. There have I made my promise upon the heavy middle of the night to call upon him. But shall you on your knowledge find this way? I have ta'en a due and wary note upon't. With whispering and most guilty diligence in action all of precept, he did show me the way twice o'er. Are there no other tokens between you greed concerning her observance? No, none, but only a repair of the dark, and that I have possessed him my most stay can be but brief, for I have made him know I have a servant comes with me along, that stays upon me, whose persuasion is I come about my brother. Tis well borne up. I have not yet made known to Mariana a word of this. What ho! Within! Come forth! Re-enter Mariana. I pray you, be acquainted with this maid. She comes to do you good. I do desire the like. Do you persuade yourself that I respect you? Good friar, I know you do, and have found it. Take, then, this your companion by the hand, who hath a story ready for your ear. I shall attend your leisure, but make haste. The vaporous night approaches. Will't please you walk aside? Exeunt Mariana and Isabella. Oh, place and greatness, millions of false eyes are stuck upon thee. Volumes of report run with these false and most contrarious quests upon thy doings. Thousand escapes of wit make thee the father of their idle dreams, and rack thee in their fancies. Re-enter Mariana and Isabella. Welcome. How agreed? She'll take the enterprise upon her father if you advise it. It is not my consent, but my entreaty, too. 
little have you to say when you depart from him but soft and low remember now my brother fear me not nor gentle daughter fear you not at all he is your husband on a pre-contract to bring you thus together tis no sin sith that the justice of your title to him doth flourish the deceit come let us go our corns to reap for yet our tithes to sow exeunt act four scene two a room in the prison enter provost and pompey come hither sirrah can you cut off a man's head if the man be a bachelor sir i can but if he be a married man he's his wife's head and i can never cut off a woman's head come sir leave me your snatches and yield me a direct answer to-morrow morning are to die claudio and bernardine here is in our prison a common executioner who in his office lacks a helper if you will take it on you to assist him it shall redeem you from your guides if not you shall have your full time of imprisonment and your deliverance with an unpitied whipping for you have been a notorious bawd sir i have been an unlawful bawd time out of mind but yet i will be content to be a lawful hangman i will be glad to receive some instruction from my fellow-partner what ho a porson where's a porson there enter a porson do you call sir sirrah here's a fellow will help you to-morrow in your execution if you think it meet compound with him by the year and let him abide here with you if not use him for the present and dismiss him he cannot plead his estimation with you he hath been a bawd a bawd sir fie upon him he will discredit our mystery go to sir you weigh equally a feather will turn the scale exit pray sir by your good favour for surely sir a good favour you have but that you have a hanging look do you call, sir, your occupation a mystery? Aye, sir, a mystery. Painting, sir, I have heard say is a mystery, and your horse, sir, being members of my occupation, using painting, do prove my occupation a mystery. But what mystery there should be in hanging, if I should be hanged, I cannot imagine. Sir, it is a mystery. Proof? Every true man's apparel fits your thief. If it be too little for your thief, your true man thinks it big enough. If it be too big for your thief, your thief thinks it little enough. So every true man's apparel fits your thief. Re-enter Provost. Are you agreed? Sir, I will serve him, for I do find your hangman is a more penitent trade than your board. He doth oftener ask forgiveness. You, sirrah, provide your block in your axe to-morrow, four o'clock. Come on, bald, I once struck thee in my trade. Follow! I do desire to learn, sir, and I hope if you have occasion to use me for your own turn, you shall find me yea. For truly, sir, for your kindness I owe you a good turn. Call hither Bernardine and Claudio. Exeunt Pompey and Haborson. The one has my pity, not a jot the other, being a murderer, though he were my brother. Enter Claudio. Look, here's the warrant, Claudio, for thy death. Tis now dead midnight, and by eight to-morrow thou must be made immortal. Where's Bernardine? as fast locked up in sleep as guiltless labour when it lies starkly in the traveller's bones he will not wake what can do good on him well go prepare yourself knocking within but hark what noise heaven give your spirits comfort exit claudio by and by i hope it is some pardon or reprieve for the most gentle claudio enter duke vincentio disguised as before welcome father the best and wholesomest spirits of the night envelop you, good provost. 
Who called here of late? None since the curfew rung. Not Isabel? No. They will, then, ere it be long. What comfort is for Claudio? There's some in hope. It is a bitter deputy. Not so, not so. His life is paralleled even with the stroke and line of his great justice. He doth with holy abstinence subdue that in himself which he spurs on his power to qualify in others. Were he mealed with that which he corrects, then were he tyrannous. But this being so, he's just. Knocking within. Now are they come. Exit provost. This is a gentle provost, seldom when the steeled jailer is the friend of men. Knocking within. How now, what noise? That spirit's possessed with haste that wounds the unsisting postern with these strokes. Re-enter provost. There he must stay until the officer arrives to let him in. He is called up. Have you no countermand for Claudio yet, but he must die to-morrow? None, sir, none. As near the dawning, provost, as it is, you shall hear more ere morning. Happily you something know, yet I believe there comes no countermand. No such example have we. Besides, upon the very siege of justice Lord Angelo hath to the public ear professed the contrary. Enter a messenger. This is his lordship's man. And here comes Claudio's pardon. Giving a paper. My lord hath sent you this note, and by me this further charge that you swerve not from the smallest article of it, neither in time, matter, or other circumstance. Good morrow, for, as I take it, it is almost day. I shall obey him. Exit, messenger, aside. This is his pardon, purchased by such sin for which the pardoner himself is in. Hence hath offence his quick celerity, when it is born in high authority, when vice makes mercy, mercy so extended, that for the false love is the offender friended. Now, sir, what news? I told you, Lord Angelo, belike thinking me remiss in mine office, awakens me with this unwonted putting on. Methinks strangely, for he hath not used it before. Pray you, let's hear. Reads. <clears throat> Whatsoever you may hear to the contrary, let Claudio be executed by four of the clock, and in the afternoon, Barnardine, for my better satisfaction, let me have Claudio's head sent me by five. Let this be duly performed, with a thought that more depends on it than we must yet deliver. Thus fail not to do your office, as you will answer it at your peril. What say you to this, sir? What is that Barnardine who is to be executed in the afternoon? A bohemian born, but here nursed un and bred, one that is a prisoner nine years old. How came it that the absent duke had not either delivered him to his liberty or executed him? I have heard it was ever his manner to do so. His friends still wrought reprieves for him, and indeed his fact till now in the government of Lord Angelo came not to an undoubtful proof. Is it now apparent? Most manifest, and not denied by himself. Hath he borne himself penitently in prison? How seems he to be touched? A man that apprehends death no more dreadfully but as a drunken sleep, careless, reckless, and fearless of what's past, present, or to come, insensible of mortality, and desperately mortal. He wants advice. He will hear none. He hath evermore had the liberty of the prison. Give him leave to escape hence. He would not. Drunk many times a day, if not many days entirely drunk, we have very oft awaked him, as if to carry him to execution, and showed him a seeming warrant for it. It hath not moved him at all. 
more of him anon there is written in your brow provost honesty and constancy if i read it not truly my ancient skill beguiles me but in the boldness of my cunning i will lay myself in hazard claudio whom here you have warrant to execute is no greater forfeit to the law than angelo who hath sentenced him to make you understand this in a manifested effect i crave but four days respite for the which you are to do me both a present and a dangerous courtesy pray sir in what in the delaying death alack how may i do it having the hour limited and an express command under penalty to deliver his head in the view of angelo i may make my case as claudio's to cross this in the smallest by the vow of mine order i warrant you if my instructions may be your guide let this barnardine be this morning executed and his head borne to angelo angelo hath seen them both and will discover the favour oh death's a great disguiser and you may add to it shave the head and tie the beard and say it was the desire of the penitent to be so bared before his death you know the course is common if anything fall to you upon this more than thanks and a good fortune by the saint whom i profess i will plead against it with my life pardon me good father it is against my oath were you sworn to the duke or to the deputy to him and to his substitutes you will think you have made no offence if the duke avouch the justice of your dealing but what likelihood is in that not a resemblance but a certainty yet since i see you fearful that neither my coat integrity nor persuasion can with ease attempt you i will go further than i meant to pluck all fears out of you look you sir here is the hand and seal of the duke you know the character i doubt not and the signet is not strange to you i know them both the contents of this is the return of the duke you shall anon overread it at your pleasure where you shall find within these two days he will be here this is a thing that angelo knows not for he this very day receives letters of strange tenor perchance of the duke's death perchance of entering into some monastery but by chance nothing of what is writ look the unfolding star calls up the shepherd put not yourself into amazement how these things should be all difficulties are but easy when they are known call your executioner and off with barnardine's head i will give him a present shrift and advise him for a better place yet you are amazed but this shall absolutely resolve you come away it is almost clear dawn exeunt act four scene three another room in the same enter pompey i am as well acquainted here as i was in our house of profession one would think it were mistress overdon's own house for here be many of her old customers first here's young master rash he's in for a commodity of brown paper and old ginger nine score and seventeen pounds of which he made five marks ready money marry then ginger was not much in request for the old women were all dead then is there here one master caper at the suit of master threepile the mercer for some four suits of peach-coloured satin which now peaches him a beggar then we have here young dizzy and young master deep val and master copperspur and master starvelucky the rapier and dagger man and young Dropair that killed lusty pudding and master forthlight the tilter and brave master shooty the great traveller and wild halfcan that stabbed pots and i think forty more 
all great do is in our trade, and they are now for the Lord's sake. Enter a porson. Sirrah, bring Bernardine hither. Master Barnardine, you must rise and be hanged. Master Barnardine! Waho, Barnardine. Within. A pox of your throats. Who makes that noise there? What are you? Your friend, sir, the hangman. You must be so good, sir, to rise and be put to death. Within. Away, you rogue, away. I am sleepy. Tell him he must awake, and that quickly, too. Pray, Master Barnardine, awake till you're executed and sleep afterwards. Go into him, and fetch him out. He is coming, sir, he is coming. I hear his straw rustle. Enter Bernadine. Is the axe upon the block, sirrah? Very ready, sir. How now, Havorzen? What's the news with you? Truly, sir, I would desire you to clap into your prayers, for, look you, the warrants come. You rogue, I have been drinking all night. I am not fitted for it. Oh, the better, sir, for he that drinks all night, and is hanged betimes in the morning, may sleep the sounder all the next day. Enter Duke Vincentio, disguised as before. Look you, sir, here comes your ghostly father. Do we jest now, think you? Sir, induced by my charity, and hearing how hastily you are to depart, I am come to advise you, comfort you, and pray with you. Friar, not I. I have been drinking hard all night, and I will have more time to prepare me, or they shall beat out my brains with billets. I will not consent to die this day, that's certain. Oh, sir, you must, and therefore I beseech you, look forward on the journey you shall go. I swear I will not die to-day for any man's persuasion. But hear you. Not a word. If you have anything to say to me, come to my ward, for thence will not I to-day. Exit. Unfit to live or die, O oh, gravel heart. After him, fellows, bring him to the block. Exeunt, Aborson, and Pompey. Re-enter Provost. Now, sir, how do you find the prisoner? A creature unprepared, unmeet for death, and to transport him in the mind he is were damnable. Here in the prison, father, there died this morning of a cruel fever one Ragozin, a most notorious pirate, a man of Claudio's years, his beard and head just of his color. What if we do omit this reprobate till he were well inclined, and satisfy the deputy with a visage of Ragazine more like to Claudio? Oh, tis an accident that heaven provides. Dispatch it presently. The hour draws on, prefixed by Angelo. See this be done, and sent according to command, whilst I persuade this rude wretch willingly to die. This shall be done, good father, presently. But Barnardine must die this afternoon. And how shall we continue Claudio to save me from the danger that might come if he were known alive? Let this be done. Put them in secret holds, both Barnardine and Claudio. Ere twice the sun hath made his journal greeting to the under-generation, you shall find your safety manifested. I am your free dependent. Quick, dispatch, and send the head to Angelo. Exit, provost. Now will I write letters to Angelo. The provost he shall bear them, whose contents shall witness to him I am near at home, and that by great injunctions I am bound to enter publicly. 
him i'll desire to meet me at the consecrated fount a league below the city and from thence by cold gradation and well-balanced form we shall proceed with angelo re-enter provost here is the head i'll carry it myself convenient is it make a swift return for i would commune with you of such things that want no ear but yours i'll make all speed exit within peace ho be here the tongue of isabel she's come to know if yet her brother's pardon be come hither but i will keep her ignorant of her good to make her heavenly comforts of despair when it is least expected enter isabella ho by your leave good morning to you fair and gracious daughter the better given me by so holy a man hath yet the deputy sent my brother's pardon he hath released him isabel from the world his head is off and sent to angelo nay but it is not so it is no other show your wisdom daughter in your close patience oh i will to him and pluck out his eyes you shall not be admitted to his sight unhappy claudio wretched isabel injurious world most damned angelo this nor hurts him nor profits you a jaunt forbear it therefore give your cause to heaven mark what i say which you shall find by every syllable a faithful verity the duke comes home to-morrow nay dry your eyes one of our convent and his confessor gives me this instance already he hath carried notice to aeschylus and angelo who do prepare to meet him at the gates there to give up their power if you can pace your wisdom in that good path that i would wish it go and you shall have your bosom on this wretch grace of the duke revenges to your heart and general honour i am directed by you this letter then to friar peter give tis that he sent me of the duke's return say by this token i desire his company at mariana's house to-night her cause and yours i'll perfect him withal and he shall bring you before the duke and to the head of angelo accuse him home and home for my poor self i am combined by a sacred vow and shall be absent wend you with this letter command those fretting waters from your eyes with a light heart trust not my holy order if i pervert your course who's here enter lucio good even friar where's the provost not within sir oh pretty isabella i am pale at mine heart to see thine eyes so red thou must be patient i am fain to dine and sup with water and bran i dare not for my head fill my belly one fruitful meal would set me to it but they say the duke will be here to-morrow by my troth isabel i loved thy brother if the old fantastical duke of dark corners had been at home he had lived exit isabella sir the duke is marvellous little beholding to your reports but the best is he lives not in them friar thou knowest not the duke so well as i do he's a better 
woodman than thou takest him for. Well, you'll answer for this one day. Fare ye well. Nay, Terry, I'll go along with thee. I can tell thee pretty tales of the duke. You have told me too many of him already, sir, if they be true. If not true, none were enough. I was once before him for getting a wench with child. Did you such a thing? Oh, well, yes, Mary, did I. But I was fain to forswear it. They would else have married me to the rotten meddler. Sir, your company is fairer than honest. Rest you well. By my troth, I'll go with thee to the lane's end. If body talk offend you, we'll have very little of it. Nay, friar, I am a kind of burr. I shall stick. Exeunt. Act four, scene four. A room in Angelo's house. Enter Angelo and Escalus. Every letter he hath writ hath disvouched other. In most uneven and distracted manner. His actions show much like to madness. Pray heaven his wisdom be not tainted. And why meet him at the gates and re-deliver our authorities there? I guess not. And why should we proclaim it in an hour before his entering, that if any crave redress of injustice, they should exhibit their petitions in the street? He shows his reason for that, to have a dispatch of complaints, and to deliver us from devices hereafter which shall then have no power to stand against us. Well, I beseech you, let it be proclaimed betimes in the morn. I'll call you at your house. Give notice to such men of sort and suit as are to meet him. I shall, sir. Fare you well. Good night. Exit Escalus. This deed unshapes me quite, makes me unpregnant and dull to all proceedings. A deep-flowered maid? and by an eminent body that enforced the law against it? But that her tender shame will not proclaim against her maiden loss, how might she tongue me? Yet reason dares her no, for my authority bears of a credent bulk that no particular scandal once can touch, but it confounds the breather. He should have lived, save that riotous youth with dangerous sense might in the times to come have ten revenge by so receiving a dishonoured life with ransom of such shame. Would yet he had lived. Alack, when once our grace we have forgot, nothing goes right. We would, and we would not. Exit. Act Four, Scene Five. Fields without the town. Enter Duke Vincentio in his own habit, and Friar Peter. These letters at fit time deliver me. Giving letters. The provost knows our purpose and our plot. The matter being afoot, keep your instruction, and hold you ever to our special drift. Though sometimes you do blench from this to that as cause doth minister. Go call at Flavius' house, and tell him where I stay. Give the like notice to Valentinus, Roland, and to Crassus, and bid them bring the trumpets to the gate. But send me Flavius first. It shall be speeded well. Exit. Enter Varius. I thank thee, Varius. Thou hast made good haste. Come, we will walk. There's other of our friends will greet us here anon, my gentle Varius. Exeunt. Act Four, Scene Six, Street near the city gate. 
Enter Isabella and Mariana. To speak so indirectly I am loath. I would say the truth, but to accuse him so, that is your part. Yet I am advised to do it, he says, to veil full purpose. Be ruled by him. Besides, he tells me that, if peradventure he speak against me on the adverse side, I should not think it strange, for tis a physic that's bitter to sweet end. Enter Friar Peter. I would Friar Peter. Oh, peace, the friar is come. Come, I have found you out a stand most fit, where you may have such vantage on the duke. He shall not pass you. Twice have the trumpet sounded. The generous and gravest citizens have hent the gates, and very near upon the duke he is entering. Therefore, hence, away. Exeunt. End of Act Four.